everyone. Welcome back to Reading with Celebrities. I'm Tiffany. I'm Lindsay. And today is our discussion on Daughter of Fortune by Isabel Allende, the fifth book in our Oprah Book Club. Yeah, I was trying to think when I was finishing it up. I was like, is this our, is this our fourth book? What was our fourth book? I had forgotten about Anna Karenina, <laughs> which is amazing. Because I yes. was like... But that wasn't even our fourth book. No, I know. That was our third. I was I was thinking um Rapture Painin. Oh yeah. Heart is Lonely Hunter. And I was like, well, I was gone. And then I was like, what was that? There was another one, right? There was another one. The one that we spent oh crap, the giant one. The one we spent the most time on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This is my favorite book so far for Oprah. You know, I think I'm going to agree with that. I I loved it. I loved the characters. I found myself rooting for them. I fi- found myself wanting to know what happened. So, yeah, let's dive in. Let's kind of give a synopsis of what it's about. Um, there's quite a few characters in here, so I might forget a few names. And you listened to it, correct? I, I did both. Okay, so, so you I, might have better... Part, part audiobook part just me reading it so you might have better um idea of pronunciation if i pronounce something wrong i'll do my best yeah we've heard me in the past i'm not you know yeah um so the main character her name i call her eliza yes okay eliza summers or Somers? summers okay um she is the orphan of a lady named miss rose and her two brothers, um, John and Jeremy. Um, the story is that they found her in a basket on their porch, and Miss Rose wanted to keep her, so they decided to raise her. Um, this most of the story takes place in the 1840s, um, and it starts out in Chile or Chile. Um, and I believe she's about 12 years old. Yeah, she's younger when it first starts. Yeah, when it first starts, Eliza is 12. And so you kind of just start learning about her. Um, you're introduced to, um, so John Summers is a captain on a ship. So he's gone most of the time. Like, he travels usually from Chile to England and back. And so it's mainly just Jeremy and Miss Rose. And then Mama Frasia, Frasia. Frasia, yeah. Uh, she is their cook. Um, so she's also there. So you kind of just start to learn about their home and stuff. And then, um, you're introduced to a man named Jacob Todd. And he came on a ship that was done by, um, John. And he claims to be like a missionary trying to sell these Bibles, all of these things. Um, but he's really not. In reality, he, he's just, he, he was a drunk vet to see if he could sell Bibles and, you know, the yeah. uh, Catholic-dominant Chile at the time. Yes. He's Protestant, so that's, you know. Yeah, but he's introduced to the Summers family. He is in love with Miss Rose, but Miss Rose is like, look, I'm happy being single for the rest of my life. Like, I don't need a man. Um, but it doesn't stop him from, like, keeping pursuing her or whatever. At first, because the way the um, 
the like plot is it says like Eliza goes to San Francisco to follow her lover. And the way we were introduced to Jacob Todd, I was like, is this going to be? And I was like, he is much older. This is going to be weird. I don't know how I feel about this, but I definitely thought it was going to be him. Um, but he likes Miss Rose instead. Um, so we kind of have that storyline. And then we're introduced to some other characters like, I can't remember their last name, but it was like Paulina and her husband. Yes. And like, they're part of like this club that um, Jacob Todd met them in. They get married, um, Paulina and I can't think of his name, but like Santa Cruz is their last name, I think. Um, but they're kind of important throughout the story. And then we're introduced, we're not really introduced to, how do you pronounce her friend? How are you pronouncing it? Her Asian friend. Oh, that's um, uh, Dao Chan. Dao Chan. Okay. Was not pronouncing it that way, so thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, Dao Chan is a China man that we also kind of learn about. So those are kind of the main characters throughout. And then we also meet, um, oh my gosh. Why can't I think of his name now? Her lover. What's his name? Joaquin. Joaquin. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Joaquin. We meet him as well. So those are kind of the main characters in the story. So the first part of the story is like in the like early 40s where um, Eliza's growing up. And I mean, a lot of it for the most part, like like it says three parts and really the first part. Eliza's there, but she's not really the main character until towards no. the end. Like a lot yeah. of it's focused on Miss Rose mm-hmm. and her backstory. Jacob Todd. Yes, and kind of I. I don't know if just I I wasn't it didn't get this funny as it went on, but I found like the first part of this book kind of funny. Like I was laughing out loud at some oh, point. Yeah. Like I highlighted one point just because I don't know if it's like like my broken sense like millennial sense of humor. But some of it was just cracking me up, like yeah. when there's another guy that Miss Rose is trying to set Eliza up with, Michael Stewart, mm-hmm. and so she's like going out of her way, like, "Oh, look, Eliza baked you this," and "Oh, can you do these like funny acrobatic moves?" So then, I mean, rightfully so, Michael Stewart thinks that Miss Rose is in love with him, yes. and he goes to kiss her, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Don't you love me?" And she's like, "Hell no!" And then just leaves. <laughs> Yeah. It just leaves. Just walks out and leaves. That yeah. Miss Rose was such an enjoyable character. I enjoyed. This woman did not need no man. And she let you know it. And but she wanted but she wanted Eliza to find the perfect man. Yes. Like and that was her that was her entire like she was trying to find this man. She was making sure that Eliza was a proper lady. She was doing piano lessons. She had to like have the stack of books like on top of her head and walk proper. She had to do all of these things to find this proper man. And instead, Eliza found Joaquin, <laughs> who was like, he was like delivering cargo to the house. Mm-hmm. And that's how she met him. And so that's kind of closer to the end of part one, where they kind of start their relationship. They start it secretly. Um, she's sneaking him into the house like after hours and they're having their little love affair or whatever um and then kind of same thing in that part is when the people find out that jacob todd is a fraud Mm -hmm. and he kind of gets like exiled from chile so you kind of have that as well 
Um, so that kind of all happens close to the end of part one. And then that's also when um, you start to hear about the gold rush that's happening in California. Mm-hmm. Um, people are traveling there to find all this gold, to become rich, all of these things. So Joaquin has this brilliant idea that he is going to do the same thing. Um, so he decides that in December of, I think it was 1949, but or 1948 maybe, um, that he is going to go take a ship to California, and he tells Eliza that she cannot go with him. Yes. So um, she's devastated, and it's about two months later of her, like, we find out she's actually pregnant. Miss mm-hmm. um, Frisia. And I'm going to say, the minute that in the book where they had made, there was a comment made about how, because Joaquin, um, he was raised by a single mother and he had always stated, like, my father ran off from me and I'm not, I'm not going to do that to Eliza. And uh-huh. as soon as, as soon as that was stated in the book, I was like, oh, he's going to run off. Like, <laughs> she's going to get he pregnant. Did. He's going to But he never knew she was pregnant, correct? He didn't. Okay. Uh, not that I recall, but like, yeah. it was some different yeah. circumstances, but it was one of those things where yeah. I was like, Oh, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because at first I thought she was actually going to go with him. Like, I was under the impression. Does that not make the most sense? Yeah, like, I thought she was going with him. Like, that's how I read the synopsis. Like, that's what I just assumed is like, oh, this is her going with him to California. She's going to leave with him. She did not. Um, no. So Mama Frisia tries to get her, like, tries to abort the baby. Um, it doesn't work. Um, but she agrees to help uh, Eliza sneak out. Um, she takes her to like the shipyards or whatever. And um, can you pronounce that g- name again? The China guy? Dao Qian. Dao Qian. Okay. I might need you to say it a few more times. Dao Qian. Because that's not how I've been pronouncing it. So in my head, it's something else. So I don't want to be like wrong. Dao Qian um, helps her sneak onto a ship. Um, she's basically like, from what I could picture, just like in a cargo area in a mm-hmm. small space. She can't really stand up. Um, it's kind of like when you, you know, if you watch like the old Treasure Island movies, even if it's just the Muppet ones, like where the stowaways live, like tucked yeah. away, they don't get any sunlight. Like it's just, you know. Yeah. And I think this is a three month journey. It's long. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty far because it's going from Chile to San Francisco. Um but Dao Qian, like, gets her on. He's also on the ship. Um, and so he'll sneak down there every once in a while to check on her, um, give her food, give her water. Um, obviously, she starts deteriorating pretty quickly. Like, at one point, you almost think that she's, like, dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and while she's on the ship, um, she does lose the baby. She does say, yeah, she had some miscarriage. Yeah. So my thinking this whole time is, like, you're traveling to San Francisco. Your lover's been gone for two months. Like, he has a two-month head start ahead of you, right? Like, and how are you, how are you going to, like, find him? Yeah, so it's not the most well-thought-out plan. I don't think it is. Um, but again, she was 16 when her and Joaquin mm-hmm. started their thing. So she's still young. Like, yeah, she's, she's very young. She's not... Yeah, I think she was 17 when they got to San Francisco. 
So we're about to be 17. Know. Yeah. Young love is definitely. So. Um, and much for- of part two focuses on Dao Chan and his bet, like where his history is and his background. Yes. And yeah, you learn about his history, how he got to Chile, all of these things, um, and how he does not want to go back to China. Like to him, um, he was just considered like the fourth son of his family. So he was irrelevant and stuff like that. So yeah, um, he actually was one of my favorite characters. I really enjoyed him. I, he, he picked up towards the end for me. Yeah. Um, I just, I got really, the, the whole like feet binding thing really disturbs me. Yeah. And the fact that they, he kept calling them golden lilies freaked me out even more. Oh yeah. Um, and so like, you know, part of it, I mean, a, a huge thing in this book is like commentary on like patriarchy and like the very detailed descriptions about like women in China giving birth and then realizing it's a daughter and just being like, man, like chucking it yeah. into the, like chucking the baby into the street. Like that all really disturbed me. And like, I get, yeah, you know, that that was a time and cultural thing, but like, it's still, for me, it was very like, yeah, there's it, definitely- it took me a while to kind of warm up to his sections of the books because of, there was more commentary in yeah, that he, regards. Especially to, um, when he was in San Francisco, how he thought he was doing a good deed, like when he was trying to save those women. Um, but like at one point he even took like arsenic because he was like to end the suffering. Yeah. You know, like um so um they finally make it to San Francisco. And spoiler alert, Joaquin is not like there waiting with like a welcome <laughs> sign saying like Honey, I'm here. Thank you for coming. Um, so a lot of her journey in San Francisco is going to be trying, or in just in California, because it's not, it doesn't all just take place in San Francisco, is her trying to find him. Um, but I guess the thing that we forgot to mention is she actually is disguised as a, like a little China boy. So, so to get off of the ship, because she was a stowaway. Yeah. Um, they needed to disguise her to get off because they were going to put her in a sack and carry her off. But then they realized, oh, we're at customs and they're we're checking every good going through and that they have on the roster only seven or more aboard. So if eight women come off. Yeah. You know, like that's going to be an issue. And, um, you know, the issue wasn't, oh, she could just pay for it, like pay for the journey. It was she didn't want basically like her her uncle to come find her she didn't want the summers to come after her Mm -hmm. so yeah so nobody so she didn't go on the ship with her name um i think she actually was put into a sack to get onto the ship yes Um, and then obviously like you said they couldn't do that to get off um so she ends up becoming um a boy like dressed as a boy um and so she she's able to sneak by and so that's kind of like the rest of the time that she's in california it's her disguised as a boy the whole time. Um, and then a lot of the book now becomes like her journey in California, um, Dao Qian's journey in California, because he's also a doctor. So he is um, trying to find a living, helping people. Um, and then with like Eliza, she's she stops in a place for a few months, asks, she does ask around, like, hey, have you heard heard of Joaquin? And 
they'll be like, oh, I think he went this way. And so she starts having this trail of to find him. Well, there's there's the Joaquin she's trying to find, yeah. but she thinks that there, there's another outlaw yes. called Joaquin that yes. is a different last name, but she's got a feeling that that's him. Yeah, because the description matches. She's, she's tracking the, the outlaw, yeah. unsure if... Yeah. Yeah, at some point she's now, because at first she's mentioning his last name, and then she starts hearing about this outlaw that has the same first name, and because she asked somebody, she's like, she says his name, she's like, he's like, oh, do you mean Joaquin? I think it's Mariette, Marietta or something, and she's like, no, Andietta, and he's like, oh, well, this is who this is, this is what they look like, and she's like, oh, maybe that's who it is, maybe he is going by a different name here, um, so then, yeah, she starts following this path, not even sure if it's the right Joaquin. Um, and then you kind of jump to the Summers, and they they realize, like, she's not coming back. And Miss Rose is like, I'm pretty sure she's in California with Joaquin. Like, I'm pretty sure she followed him. And at first, nobody really believes her. Um, like John and Jeremy really don't believe her. Um, but he goes to San Francisco quite a bit with his ship. So he's like coming back and forth. And then we meet a character that we had kind of forgot about after part one, Jacob Todd, who mm -hmm. now goes by Jacob Fremont. He is in San Francisco now. He's become like a reporter. He's writing about the gold rush, but he's also writing about this Joaquin Marietta or this um, outlaw and he's kind of like embellishing the story a little bit like he doesn't know all the details but he's writing a good story and everybody's listening so he's making a living out of it um, but he actually runs into uh, John Summers and John's like do you remember my niece if you see her like let me know. We think that she's here. And he's like, okay. Um, but they find a woman that has a brooch. That was Eliza's. And that woman tells John, oh, she died and I threw her over into the ocean. So at some point, um, her whole family truly believes that she is dead, but that she did go to. She was trying, yeah, trying to yeah. go. So they had that. So then they kind of like. Had a little closure there, at least is what they thought. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of just in San Francisco, in California. Um, we meet another um, group of characters. I can't remember the woman's name. John something. Like Bone, bone Crusher? Yeah, Bone, bone Crusher. And then, yeah. like, ba Babadoo or something? Babaloo? Yeah, the, I um, Babaloo I've Bad or something. Part, so I don't remember how that. I mean, I don't know how that's pronounced. I read that part. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like Babaloo Bad or something. And um, John Bone Crusher is basically in charge of women. He runs. Um, he runs a brothel, basically. There, yes, thank he you. runs a brothel. Yeah, and <laughs> so. Um, and then Babalu's kind of like their protector, like if something bad happens. Um, but at some point, Eliza kind of joins their group. Um, not to be part of the brothel at all, but because, again, they think that she's a boy. Um, but she kind of joins their group and travels along with them for a while. 
and she actually separates from Dao Qian for a hot minute. But she continues to write letters to him, kind of keeping him updated um, and stuff like that. And then she actually meets up with Jacob Fremont to find out more about what he's writing about Joaquin. And obviously when she does, she recognizes him as Jacob Todd. But for the moment, he does not recognize her because, again, she's disguised. Um, Mm -hmm. But the moment that she kind of walks out, it kind of clicks to him. Hey, that was Eliza. And he immediately tells the Summers, like, she's here. I found her. Um, And all of that. Um, And then she's reunited with Dao Qian. And they kind of have, like, this, like, sexual tension with each other, like, he likes her, we think she likes him, but she still is in this mindset of, like, I'm supposed to love Joaquin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so... I think that's it. Like, she keeps thinking, I'm here for Joaquin, I should yeah. love Joaquin, but she, I don't think she loves him anymore. No, and I have, like, I have some, I have two quotes that I really like from her, because this is when you kind of start to see she's finally realizing stuff. So, like, one of them is... Like, it says, she had left Chile with the purpose of finding her lover and becoming his slave forever, believing that was the way to extinguish her thirst to submit and her hidden wish for possession. But now she doubted that she would give up those new wings beginning to sprout on her shoulders. So Mm -hmm. she kind of realized, like, even if she found him, she's like, I still love my freedom. Like, I'm not going to be his slave like I thought I was going to be. Yeah. And then the other one I really liked was... um, but for me, this land is a blank page. Here I can start life anew and become the person I want. No one knows me but you. No one knows my past. I can be born again. So I really like, because she started actually like finding herself. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that. And one of my favorite scenes is when she, because again, this entire time that she's been in California, she's been disguised as a man. She has her hair up the whole time. She wears boy clothes, all of these things. And um, she finds her um like luggage of dresses that she had brought with her and um she finally like lets her hair down and puts her dress on and she goes and shows like Daljian and he's like you look beautiful and like she goes and gets her portrait done because she wants to like send it to Miss Rose and her family to tell them like hey I'm alive and I'm okay and also in that moment they're on their way to come actually find her (laughs) so I was like great they're gonna like, of course, it's going to be, like, those moments where, like, the portrait's going back to Chile. They're coming to California. Yeah. Um, and another big thing is we also find out that John Summers is actually Eliza's dad. She was never an orphan to begin with. Yes. But she does not know that. New. That's kind um, of probably, I would say, like, the biggest bombshell. Yeah. And the entire book, because in the very beginning... Miss Rose is very adamant. You have English blood in you. You have English blood. And um, Mama Frisia is like, girl, look at you. Like, you've got pitch black hair, <laughs> olive skin. Like, you are as Chilean as Chilean comes. Yes. And then you find out, no, Miss Rose actually knew that she had English blood in her. Yep. <laughs> she knew. Um, the only one that actually did not know was Jeremy, the other brother. And he was actually really upset when he found out. Um, but yeah. Um, Eliza, I mean, not Eliza, Miss Rose and uh, John knew, and Eliza, or Miss Rose kept, made a promise to keep his secret. Um, and then with the Joaquin situation, 
um, the outlaw Joaquin is supposedly captured, his head is cut off, and his head is placed into a jar with his fellow other guy, like his partner in crime. And you can go look at these, like... <laughs> There's nothing else to do in the 1800s. There's nothing else to do. So you can go look at these jars, in a, these heads in a jar on display. So Eliza and Daochian go decide to do that. And you don't actually find out if it's her Joaquin or not, but the line at the end, to me, it implies that it is him. And again, there they had there was a reference to the scene early on when she first meets Joaquin talking about like the rush of feeling she has seeing him for the first time and how only those feelings she'll only get those feelings again when she sees a head in a jar and at the time you don't know like you're just like that's a weird statement like what is she doing looking at a head in a jar yeah but then it kind of all comes back around so so for me like there's still the question of like is or isn't it yeah so this is i think we're supposed to be allowed to believe that it is joaquin yes because this is these are, the, these are the final two lines. Was it him? Asked Halchian. I am free, she replied, holding tightly to t- uh, his hand. Yeah, so I to me, it implied it was him. And again, in Chile, he was a thief. Like, he wasn't a perfect person. Like, he was a bad person. He stole. So it's not like being an outlaw was new to him. And I think just, you know, it's it's like... You have that giant, like they even say when the gold rush started, the the one guy was waving that little nugget around. He was like, people used to be, you know, respect that if you found gold, that was yours. And now there's just no more respect. People are stealing and sacking and killing mm-hmm. to get a piece of this. So it's just kind of the natural progression for a lot of people. And that's what it's called the Wild Wild West. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much the entire synopsis. Um, like I said at the beginning, I think this is my favorite book that we've read so far from Oprah's Book Club. I actually really enjoyed it. I found myself wanting to read it. I wasn't just like, oh, I need to read this before this week or whatever. Like, I actually found myself picking it up, wanting to know more. I fell in love with the characters. Um, I liked how we jumped to different characters, like learned their stories, um, learned their background, learned how they got there. Because there'd be a scene that was like, all of a sudden they're separated. And I'm like, well, how'd they... Or, like, they met up again, and I'm like, well, how'd they meet up? And then you would get that backstory with that person's, that character's point of view. Um, but, yeah, I really I really liked it. I honestly did not think I was going to like it. Um, just, like, kind of reading the synopsis, I was like, ugh, this is going to be boring. I don't, I don't know. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it at all, but I was wrong. It was it was one of those books where I read the synopsis and I said this could go either way. Like either I'm going to enjoy it or I'm gonna be like, oh my god. Yes. We're putting Oprah right now. Yeah, no, I, I really thought it was just gonna be one of those because it's over four hundred pages. I just thought it was gonna drag on. I was like, I don't care to read a book from the eighteen forties, even though I had just read Dragon Teeth, so that's a lie, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah. I will say I don't I'm I wasn't the biggest fan of the narrator on the audiobook for this. Okay. Um, I found myself enjoying the parts that I actually physically read more. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, w- I went on a rabbit hole. There is a sequel 
this okay. book called Portrait in Sepia. And it's actually about Eliza and Daojin's granddaughter. <gasps> oh. So, you know, Daojin uh, uh, and Eliza, I think they found, they finally found themselves equal partners. Yes. So they're together, they get married, they have kids, and then they have this granddaughter. Um, and this granddaughter, like, she doesn't remember, like, the first five years of her life. So she's having this flashback. And um, this was just, like, reading the, the synopsis on Wikipedia. But basically, you know, like, Eliza and Daojin, like, they they really raise her because her mother is missing. She's no problem. Like, it's like, it, it sounds like if you enjoyed this book, then you would definitely enjoy okay. the sequel. And it's interesting um, because they, in the Wikipedia, I was reading through all the different characters and she had written another book, which was then turned into a movie with like Meryl Streep and Winona Ryder. Uh, Antonia Banderas, I think, is in it as well. Oh, oh God, now I'm blanking on it. I could, like, in the House of Spirits or the House of Spirits, something like that. But then one of the characters from the sequel shows up in, is like one of the main characters in the House of Spirits. So I think she she has really enjoyed building this this world. Okay, so she, yeah. Characters. Okay. Oh. I mean, some of the like things that this book kind of like leaves for your guessing, like you said, is like, was the was Joaquin the outlaw? Um, I think you and I are both in agreement that it was, um, based on that line. Um, another question, like, I just, does she get to see her family again? Like, does she, because at some point, like, you know, like, you get to see Miss Rose's point, too, where she, she, like, kind of goes into a depression, especially after she thinks that Eliza's dead. And she was one of these people that was always, like, um, very dressed up, very put together. She had like these Wednesday night dinners with like important people. And after all of this happened, those like kind of stopped. And so, um, but when she finds out that she might still be alive, she tells John immediately, she's like, I- I'm going with you. Like, I'm not waiting. Um, but we don't get to see that part. We don't get to see if they make it. I'm assuming they do. Um, but again, it's not like they can find them right away when they get there, so they're going to have to ask around, um, stuff yes. like that. So it's like, it just kind of like leaves it open of like, hopefully they get to reunite and have this like happy ending. Because like when I was getting closer to the end of the book, I had like five pages left. I was like, are we going to resolve everything? Mm-hmm. Like, I just did not know um, where it was going to go. So, because I was kind of hoping that they would get to meet up one last time, but... Unfortunately, that did not happen, but I'm just going to pretend like it did and that they're all happy. So, and I'm also wondering if Eliza and Daoqian, like, stay in, like, California to raise their family or if they go back to Chile. That answer could be given to you in the sequel, I assume. (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm thinking, because, like, yeah, that's what I'm wondering, too, is, like, Cause she did. She felt very free there. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. Um, it is my favorite out of the five that we have read so far. Yeah, I would put it up. I would put it up there rivaling rivalry. Oh gosh, okay. It's up there with Anna Karenina for me because I really did enjoy Anna. See, 
See, but I don't even have Anna next. Yeah, while I was gone. Yeah. See, I I did enjoy that one, but I found the main character to be so annoying. Oh, she was terrible. So, at least then Anna Karen and I knew like yeah. everybody was gonna suck. <laughs> but yeah, I found I found there were some similar themes between between Anna and this one where um a little bit a little bit less so, but. In Miss Rose, I kind of saw some Dolly where they both were kind of just like, you know, marriage and marriage isn't the end all be all for women. They can do more. Um, just they they had very similar. I felt like they were very similar characters. And, yeah. But yeah, would you give it out of five stars? What would you give this one? I gave this one four. Dang. Yeah. I'd probably do three and a half or four as well. Yeah. It's definitely out of all the ones we read, this would probably be the first one I would I would recommend to people. Oh, absolutely. Like, I already told my mom, I was like, do you want to read this? <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely liked this one. And based on what book number six is, I feel like it's still going to remain at the top. Yes. At least through At least through six. At least yeah. through six. But uh, six is... Um... Great Expectations. <laughs> Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. Do you think it is a Christmas-y type book? <laughs> like, does it have that seasonal feel where I will enjoy it during the winter month? I mean, it's set in England, right? Which is notorious for kind of being cold and rainy all the time. <laughs> That's what I'm, like, wondering. I'm like, does it have that seasonal, like, theme to it where I feel like I might enjoy it more because I'm reading it in December. I'm going to see. I have, I, I've, I'm, I'm going to see. Yeah. You're doing audio, right? Yes. Okay. If I can't, if I can't find myself picking it up and wanting to read it, I might have to switch to that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that'll be our last book for the year. Hopefully we can get it in um, as our last episode of the year, but we'll see. It might just have to be our first episode in January. Um, yeah, for 2022. And then when we have that discussion, we will then also announce our next three for Oprah's book club, seven through nine. Yeah, yeah. I can't even think of what those are right now. Yeah, I looked them up the other day to kind of see if they are available and stuff, like, at the library. Like, are they going to be, like, easy to get and stuff? But, yeah. Um, We surpassed 400 on Instagram, so thank you, guys. Yes. Um, And I was going to say something else, but, oh, yeah. And so this episode was going to be going out, hopefully, on November 30th, which is obviously the last day of November. The last day of November. But I thought it would be fun if we did like 25 days of Christmas on Instagram and where we do like fun themed photos of books throughout the month. Um, every day we can call it like Bookmas or something. I don't know. We're just going to do like ABC Family or Freeform. It's just every book's going to be Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Um, please look for that. Um, that's on Instagram at 
reading with celebs and our Twitter is reading W celebs. Um, anything else, Lindsay? No, I don't think so. Yeah, um, again, I really liked this book. I would recommend it to people if you are looking for, um, I don't know, how would you describe this book? Like a, just a good. I would just call it good general fiction. Yeah, maybe like a, you could put some maybe historical fiction in there because there is some. It's definitely historical. I would, yeah. yeah, I would definitely say like just good. You know, sometimes you have those books that don't really fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. And just some good solid fiction. Yeah. So um, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Please let us know. Um, And again, thanks for listening and Mm -hmm. be on the lookout for Instagram for our 25 days of Christmas. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Happy reading. Bye. Bye.